0: Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of Racken, and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. In this episode, we talk about platform engineering. It's a topic that seems to be generating a lot of interest going into 2023 and is sure to be one of those things that enterprises spend a lot of time talking about, arguing about, and telling each other that they're doing it wrong. In this podcast, we actually dissect why platform engineering seems to be so controversial and what we can do to help make it more understandable. Uh, We break it down into DevOps components, team components, dev components, operations components, and ultimately talk about long-term trajectories on how all this stuff is going. It's a fascinating conversation about anybody involved in IT operations and development. I know you'll enjoy it.
1: Uh, i was going to say like platform engineering the new buzzword that's why i was that's why i put it on
0: martes and i are are back from uh gartner and their um their their uh elevation of platform engineering which i'm excited about I figured we'd have a good conversation about, about that. Unless there's something else people want to talk about first.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it.
0: Martez, did you get to go to some of the platform engineering
2: sessions or. I didn't. Um, I've been, been consuming, consuming all the the things I possibly can about platform engineering. So it's definitely an interesting space. It's. Like everything in life, people have their their strong opinions about how they envision things. Why
0: does this one make so- people so mad? Like I'm I'm I, I guess SRE was the same thing when, when it came out. There were definitely people against. I don't I don't quite understand what's controversial. So I'll, I'll give my and maybe I'm just being naive. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I'll Please? give my take. My take is so having a quote unquote traditional ops or system administration background. Some of the interesting things that I see seem to almost be the idea of now the developers should do all the things. Uh, even when you talk about things like DevSecOps and uh, in the operations side. So now it becomes the idea of the developer is now responsible for security as well as the operations facet. And certainly when we start talking about startups and smaller organizations, at times that does have to be the case just because of, of, of headcount. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the challenge then becomes when you start talking in the enterprise. Uh, or, or much larger organizations, is it even feasible to expect the developer or developers to not only develop the code, but also be in, in many ways largely responsible for security as well as many of the operational aspects of deployment of the application? And yeah. I, I think there's I, certainly some bitterness. I think from an operations perspective to, to I think oftentimes it comes off as essentially what you were doing as a system admin or an operator or a security individual, like really wasn't that valuable, really wasn't that important. So now we're just going to expect the developer to do it because that's all your job. Your job really wasn't that hard. Uh, I think it oftentimes comes off that way, in my opinion.
1: That's an interesting take. Um <laughs> Yeah, Uh, I don't think that is particularly why platform engineering is seeing this kind of backlash. And in fact, I, I like my, or at least the the from from the angle where I've seen been seeing it, platform engineering is is actually been taking some responsibilities or it is about taking some responsibilities away from the dev team. Um, but the, the the one part where, where I, I don't I don't think you, you said explicitly but but I, I get I, I think that, that that's part of the, the, the spirit of what, what, what you've been trying to say is that um we've been bombarded with DevOps this or Ops that, um, and it's always been going in one direction, shift left. And platform engineering, at, at least from a perception perspective, goes in the opposite direction. And I feel that the um, the emotional backlash is that people feel betrayed. like They've adopted DevOps methodologies and say, OK, we're shifting left, and now you're telling us to do a U-turn? What's going on here? Um, on the other hand, uh-huh. yes, yes. My, my particular take on, on, on platform engineering is that it's something that came out as a necessity. Be, be, because DevOps, as it was meant to be, was not implemented. Like the 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 notion of, of DevOps as shifting left and bridging the gap between developers and ops, it was never fully realized. And so, so I I see platform engineering as a good thing in that it's it's taking the implicit roles of the teams that have been to date assigned with the Nebus- nebulously defined DevOps tasks. Uh, and, 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 and saying, Okay, these are the tasks that the platform team needs to do now. Uh, and they're, they're now clearly defined, like this is what platform management does. So, so So I, again, I see that's a net improvement, but but it's, it's going to take some time to get people to accept this your your point
0: is emphasized by some of the players early players in the market running around saying DevOps
1: is dead um, uh. I, I don't think DevOps is dead like I know <laughs> that, that, <laughs> <that DevOps> <laughs> or, or the, the practices that that DevOps um, emphasizes they're good they're going to continue going on but but DevOps ha- has been corrupted into the DevOps as a team thing, which should be dead. Like it shouldn't shouldn't ever have been alive in the first place. So I'm happy to see that. That that, part that die. does the, the,
0: There are definitely people in DevOps communities who get very upset when you say DevOps is a team, or def- you are a DevOps or you know a DevOps engineer. Um, yeah. This is one of the things I liked about SRE when it came out is you could point to a, a person and say, that person is an SRE, um, even though what they were doing was, in my mind, DevOps. Um, they they had, there was structure around it and there was definition. Um, yeah. I, I have a thought on this because DevOps, because DevOps isn't a team or a person, I mean, it's okay. And this is this to me is the, the draw fire comment it's okay to split development priorities and teams and UX and tooling from ops priorities and people and tooling. You can split dev and ops into separate groups without breaking DevOps. DevOps is about collaboration, Yes. right? It's not necessarily about shared
1: work. Uh, yeah, so so that's another part of the discussion uh, of, of DevOps, which Martez kind of pointed out that, like the develop developers don't want to be responsible for security, and they shouldn't be responsible for security. They should be aware of, of the of their application security posture, though, and that's what DevOps was intended to do. It, it, it's it, like what was intended to do is, is make the developers aware that hey make 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 your application in a or produce your application in a way that it's easy to secure. But again, because it was not as clearly defined, because well I I, I and here I'm I'm I, I would be speculating as to why it was not clearly defined, but but if I were to, to draw some some parallels with, with, with say like OpenShift or or sorry uh OpenStack uh or coordinate is that i i would have some choice words about why it wasn't declared defined uh but yeah the, the bottom line is that like because it was lacking the definition it, and it was up to the implementer to to define it and of course there was no consensus there right so the implementer well the they knew sysadmin uh so the and the new developer teams so they they, they try to sh- to fit those in into the, the the devops mold um with with the result that that we've seen over the, the past decade um but yeah it's hmm. again like it, it it's a i i don't I don't see platform engineering as the death of of devops i I see it more as the as a correction uh resulting from the misinterpretation of devops
0: hmm. so Is it a correction for the misinterpretation, or is it, or
1: a result of the misinterpretation? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a it's a market correction. So let, let's put it that way. Like it, it's yeah. it's it's not something that that, that you go and, and and you fix an error. It's just that DevOps as a practice has been misinterpreted, and and it, it, it's it's been. It, it it was co-opted as just labeling 18 team, say, okay, you now do DevOps. You do both dev and un ops. Great. And now I only have to pay pay one person instead of two people. Uh but, <laughs> on, both, um, on both sides. It was either it was either telling the, the
0: developers that they now had to do ops, have a great time, or <laughs> telling the operators that they now had to that they had to basically do whatever the dev teams told them to do,
1: yeah, and, which they sort it, of already had to do. But part of, part of it was also uh, accelerated by, by cloud computing, where, where, where devs were now able to to create infrastructure with, with a click. Um, so it, it, the 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 conditions were were ripe for, for this kind of misinterpretation, and and again. Uh, not very clear defined uh, uh responsibility attribution. Um but yeah so, so
0: one of the one of the no, sorry go, go ahead. ahead. I, I, I was gonna say one of the questions I have, have to you. Go ahead, finish your thought and then I'll ask my question.
1: Yeah I, I was just gonna go back to what you were what were the previous asking about the correction side. Like so so again mm-hmm. I see this as as a market correction kind of thing where uh where everything was being shoved in into in DevOps and, and no one was clear about what it was, what that was meant to be anymore, because so many things were were, were thrown in that bucket. Uh, and the correction is that well, now someone is drawing a clear line around a specific set of responsibilities that, yes, have been largely in the DevOps camp. Uh, but um but it's, they're not exclusively the DevOps camp. Uh, and, and now the, these are clearly defined. And now there is, now you're saying platform engineering team. So you actually have a team with those responsibilities. DevOps as a practice is still gonna happen. You still, and, and in fact, with platform engineering, it's is going to happen even better because the platform engineering team is now going to have to go to the developer team and get the specifications of what kind of platform they need, and produce the templates and the tooling that that the dev team needs. So it, it's a good thing in terms of DevOps. It's just yes. not going to be named DevOps anymore. And, and and DevOps is not going to be in the spotlight. And And again, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I, I tend I tend to agree with you on on that. Um, the boy, I have a, a range of questions. Let me. I'll, I'll stick to the one I when I was was thinking though. Um, is how much of platform team it, is a goal for cross silo or cross dev team support? Like I, some of what we're describing lines up really simply towards. Oh, I've got. A development team. I've got an ops team. We're going to call the ops team the platform team because they're basically enabling the developers. And there's a little bit more of a there's an acceptance of the fact that Dev and Ops are separate. Part of what what I what I see with this though is there's also a governance. Need because so, like the platform stuff is is not coming out of the market budgets for companies. It's actually really surfacing more from the enterprise outward. Like people are doing platform engineering. There there hasn't been a like SRE came out out of Google and became a marketing thing um, to an extent, right? It's this is this feels very organic to me, and and so in some of that organic growth. Actually, do you agree? But assuming if if you agree, is it is there a, a consolidation an ops consolidation component in this that's also important? That's a lot of question to unpack. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a lot. Um, My specialty complex questions. Um, I'm not sure what you are uh, referring to when you mean consolidation. Right. Like I I, I, I understand ops. Mm. I understand that consolidation. I I'm not sure I, I quite get the picture of, of what you mean when you say ops consolidation. What what the thing that I hear um, our customers
0: and our prospects talking about is I've got 10 teams writing Terraform 20 different ways. And I'm about to hire this actually came up directly at Gartner. They can't hire enough talented Terraform engineers. Um, and so what, what's happening is each team is building their own custom Terraform. There's no compliance, there's no conformance. Nobody even knows if it's right. If they had a good Terraform engineer, then they have good Terraform. If they don't, then best, all bets are off. And And then, so you, you, you wind back through that and it's like, okay, now I've got, and this is just Terraform. The same thing is happening with all ops work. Mm -hmm. They're like, all right, how do I consolidate people so I can actually hire and retain experts? How do I manage governance so that I actually am confident that, you know, a team's not hacking together a Terraform that creates a security link. Um, Or if they did, how do I mitigate Right there's there's a um, governance and enterprise governance layer behind this stuff that so far has been sort of thrown out the window in favor of develop you know development and even DevOps teams of just yeah just make it work, make it work. I'm not worried about
1: system yeah, level in, stuff. In that context, I I I absolutely believe yes that, that it, it is a consolidation or it's a consolidation of the responsibilities. And saying like okay this this team is responsible for ensuring that um all of the platform interacted uh the, the platform related in, in interactions uh for for this particular company are homogeneous, uh, and and, and, huh, and yes right. that that, that homogeneity is the, the consolidation not that, that you're talking about And it's they're essentially becoming the gatekeepers for for the quality of, of, of the, the platform interaction I what you, you, the, the are
0: the things
1: developers to do to, to, to submit pull requests to do to, to make changes so to add new modules and whatnot but but yes they they are now responsible for applying the DevOps principles specifically to the to platform components. So to have the the pipeline in in, in place to to publish the, the the modules that that are written, to have the the checks in place, the the, the linting, the static analysis, whatever else you need. Um, so yes, the, and 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 again, the, this is what what. Part of what I was referring to was like this had previously been thrown into the devops bucket. Like someone was responsible for it. Who I don't know. The dev the developers don't want to be responsible. The, the 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 operations team didn't have the time to do it, so someone in the middle ended up doing it. Now that we have the the, the or no or nobody, <laughs> yeah. And, and and now we, uh, again, as as a result, it's like that there were things that needed to be done, and there wasn't. It wasn't clear who needed to do it. Now it is clear who who needs to do it, because it's the platform. Team. The platform team is responsible for ensuring that the there is a smooth transition between what the developers pr- produce and, and require, and and what actually gets implemented. So, again, I. I as I said before, I see this as a win for DevOps because it's actually agree, a, a, I, I agree a, a very domain-specific implementation of DevOps practices.
0: I, it's to me, it's you know, if if you're actually able to come back with some governance and some, you know, uh, work, right? That, this is. Part of me to me to part of me in my thinking on DevOps is shared practice and practice improvement, right? And, and and shared process. So if you're doing DevOps, you should not just be collaborating between Dev and Ops, you should actually be collaborating team to team. Yep. And and it it's interesting because that in a lot of cases isn't really talked about. But the, the idea that we have vertically integrated teams and then they do ops in different ways uh, is is hugely problematic. The the thing I've heard really, really clearly though, is that none of the ops teams have um, authority to disrupt developers and the the tools that developers are choosing.
2: So part of that, so it it was literally as you were describing your question, I was thinking like, aren't we, from a, a principle standpoint back to the exact same place we started before all of this happened with enterprise architecture and architecture review boards and uh, ops being the bottleneck of having only a limited set of operations uh, folks and then having a, a larger portion of uh, uh, developers that or external parties outside of the operations team that need certain resources and capabilities the thing I've continued to see, even from a, a Terraform standpoint, um, is large enterprise organizations typically have a center of excellence or a pocket of folks that are really good at Terraform. And I think literally the, the the other thing I I just thought about was I think there's my personal thought about it is I think there's an assumption in the industry that all developers know and love infrastructure as code. And so they should just <laughs> be willing to adopt Sorry, Terraform I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And, and write Terraform. But I, I I think that's, in many ways, I think that's the idea. And, and now maybe this is very, very much a biased or jaded ops guy's opinion. Okay. I think there's an assumption that developers know all that stuff. Operations folks have got to catch, catch up.
0: Um, I, I actually think that that whether true or not is the perception at the CIO level that the developers are carrying this that the, the red monk wrote the book um, developers are king, the new king maker, the new kings. Sorry, Klaus, what were you going to say?
1: Yeah. Well, it, it I mean, uh, I, I think we can all argue that 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 is definitely not the case. Like developers like, if you're given the choice, they, they wouldn't even learn Terraform in the first place. Um, we, we're they, They're being forced to learn Terraform to because SRE doesn't want to touch it. And, and I mean, it makes sense. Like, SRE's uh, responsibility is just to make sure things are running. Um, or, and, and they stand up, sorry, more specifically, that they stay running um but yeah um going to the previous um uh, statement uh, martes uh we're we're going back in the in the in the same direction where we were before, but we're not going to the same state mm-hmm. um like the again as with with many other things i i I do believe that this is a cyclical movement. And, and then like 10, 15 years from now, we're we're going to go back to the like shifting stuff towards developers, probably. But the the reason why I, I mm-hmm. think it's now viable to move back is that we have the tooling to support it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, to to take the, the load off of the operations team. Like we, we have self-serve platforms. We we have the um, consistent uh, CI pipelines. We we have um, we we have uh, GitOps like Like all all of this is contributing to reducing the work the, the workload that the ops site needs to do, and, and it became as a necessity of. of DevOps being misused as a practice. so so I mean it, it's a silver lining yes uh, I, I mean it, it it's a horrible way to get there but now that we're there uh, we are better off and, and, and it's one of the reasons why why uh, why we we're now enabled to to be able to say like okay, let's have a platform team. Because the platform team is no longer responsible now for creating and and, and Mm. updating the infrastructure. They're responsible for standing up and maintaining the tools that let the developer team create and and, and maintain infrastructure with with only minimal knowledge as to what's going on behind the, the curtain. You are actually hitting, I think, one of the interesting
0: transitions is that we now have a lot of developer tooling for infrastructure. Yeah. And Terraform's a great example. Yeah. But but that's not, but, but isn't designed as an, from an operations perspective. Like the platform team, the platform engineering in some ways is is a response to we've put all this infrastructure capability in developers' hands. It's not designed to do the INO governance management, control, conformance, reuse, cost controls, right? None of those things were considered in the developer tooling mm-hmm. because it was for developers. Yeah, And so we're, we're you know, platform engineering in, in, in that frame is just backfilling this, this feature, missed feature set, missed, or I would think of it as a missed audience um for those other those, uh, those other platforms, those other tools that aren't really a platform.
1: And and and, and to be honest, I, I believe that without developers having had a, a hand or or at least having 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 been forced to dip their toe in, into into infrastructure management, we wouldn't have the, the tooling right now. Because it's the developers that created the tooling because they didn't want to to bother with it. The, the the saw the opportunity and saying like okay th- there is a use case for, for automating this or for simplifying this uh and, and now we have the tooling like, if if mm-hmm. you, you've asked a system sysadmin 20 years from now to to say uh delegate like the configuration of a vm to essentially have a page of uh, of YAML, or, or or I guess at at that point we were said XML. You've been left out of the room. Like it it it, it was unfathomable, unfathomable mm. but back then to, to think that you could let a piece of code make the decision as to how your infrastructure would be set up. And and, and I created developers for saying like, <laughs> I, I, no, I we can actually funny. do this." I, I...
0: It's funny. I'm laughing because I agree with you, except that, um, not except, and 20 years ago, um, I was literally building the first cloud infrastructures that were, you know, doing exactly that. They took an API request, they built a the machine, they provisioned it, they got, like, they did all that work. And people are like, no, you can't, no, you, you can't do that. <laughs> and it took all this time for people to be like, oh, that's actually possible. What do you, I mean, what do you think the 20 years from now systems at sysadmin, what do you, what do you think we're looking at now as sysadmin tasks that are just going to just go away? Um, It's a little bit of a shift in the conversation, but it, since you were on it, it's interesting to to flip. Uh,
1: I I think there's going to be more acceptance in letting machine algorithms deal with on-call type situations. Like right Mm -hmm. now we're we're still in, in the phase where people say, okay, I want to get the alert. I like. I want to know what's going on in case I need to go step in and and make specific decisions to to fix this. Um. I I think twenty years from now, people are going to have are going to have learned to not worry and and, and just trust the bomb. Um, huh? like and and Kubernetes is definitely helping with this, like. The, the again, one of the things that Kubernetes is doing an absolutely bang on job of is to just say, like, okay, this particular component of, of my of the deployment that I'm responsible for for managing is not working. Let me just tear it down and bring up a new one that is working. Mm. And it's it's wonderful. Um, like, even five years ago like i would have had trouble trusting an algorithm to to do the same thing like i was that commercially sysadmin that i was talking about earlier like i i <laughs> I, I would not have been believed that 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 a piece of software could take care of that uh, and, and it, but it does and, and i'm happy for it because it lets me do other things that i'm that better suited for uh and i think we, we're going to see the evolution of that um, and as much as ai has been thrown around as as a, buff, as, a as a buzzword like machine learning at, at the very least it, it is is probably going to start becoming more commonplace to the point where we can we can start delegating more complex decisions to to the machines um at which point um yeah, there's going to be another shift in sysadmin responsibilities, or, or, or what Earthwell have been called sysadmin. And yes, there's there's going to be another wave of articles uh, about people claiming that the uh, the sysadmin job is dead, and you should all abandon ship. And it's not, it's not going to happen. Like it, that, yes, certain tasks are, are going to be, become automated. But Again, as we as we we've seen over the the past two decades, like that, as one thing becomes automated, there opportunities for uh for human supervision in 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 other steps uh, open up, and um, and again, it's it's just going to be another cycle of that.
0: That's an interesting. I like I like what you're what you're saying. I I keep hoping that we're going to get um. Much more dynamic self-building infrastructure. From that that perspective, like the CXL um, story, I I could see an outgrowth on CXL where you're where you you're you know building infrastructure is literally just you know you get you get a wrap, you get a frame and then you plug in the you, you plug in the capabilities you need. Um, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and and that's it. And and that's right. It's it's you you're not you're not worried about the you know, si- the system figures itself out from that perspective. Yeah. And, and DNS will still be breaking.
1: Yeah. And, and, and we <laughs> talked in uh, about something similar also in, in like last week where when Sean was uh was in the discussion mm. about um yeah. yeah, like do you target like when you when you create a tooling that that handles like a, a large variety of platforms, like do do you target the most common denominator? Do you do you try to add all of the the options as feature flags or or, or whatnot? Um, and right now, like we we don't trust machines to to write these Terraform modules for us to say like okay. Like if if on Google you, you, you create the VMs this way to and, and and it meets all requirements. If on Amazon do it the other way. I mean ideally all of the, the platform providers would end up agreeing on on a standard where, where where it would be nice to have the same tool be used across of them. Realistically, that's never going to happen. But what I believe could happen is that we can now have that we in like 10, 20 years, we can have machine learning, write those Terraform modules for us in a way that is reliable and at least as trustworthy as if a human had written it. Like, it's still going if, to need well, to be if there's, reviewed. If, there's
0: test, if there's testing, it'll be, it'll be, it would hopefully be more reliable. That's an interesting, well, if you look at the, the AI code generation pieces, and some of it comes back to if you had a truly dynamic, um, uh, boy, this is my SRE con. Uh, this is an interesting thought um, for if my SRE con paper gets accepted. If you had, if you had an actual um, frame that could reconfigure itself to different different things, you could actually have an AI generate a lot of this platform engineering ops code, ops infrastructure. And um, then test it. Test the permutations out on that box,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? That yeah. that's part part of the challenge here. Like for when I look at at platform, so this there's a platform engineering tieback here, which is right now organizations. It's not just can they build this stuff. It's can they test it. Somebody has to support it if it changes. It, it, they they right. they they they're aware of that. Yeah. Developers don't actually want to deal with the fact that things have changed outside of their code. So, platform engineering, in part, is absorbing this necessary operational algorithm um, that is just inherent in what we build. It would be great to see us with some more standard infrastructure that you know, or more flexible infrastructure that maybe we could adjust um, these these requirements better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Instead I, I, of being, I, like, like, I feel like we're always riding behind the curve on, the, on infrastructure.
1: Yeah, and, and, and if, if, if we look at this in, in terms of evolution, like, right now we have humans write the the, the infrastructure modules because we, we, we don't trust the machine to do it. And, and, and we review it, mm-hmm. but but it is time-consuming. And, and as, as Neumart said before, it's a bottleneck, like, like, and, and we want to avoid it. So if we take a, if we take a, the the of saying like okay let let's let's have them the the software write it because software is good enough to, to to write it most of the time, then the the job of the platform engineer then becomes writing the specifications so that the the, the algorithm can can write those modules, and 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 that is a is a hard task. But, but it, it is ultimately closer to what the, what the platform team should be doing in the, in the first place anyway. Because right now, the, what, what the platform team would be doing is gather the requirements, write, write the specifications internally, either, either formally or informally, and, and then right. write the code for that. The, like, like letting uh, uh, a, an AI write the code Takes the, the the arduous part that like the the, the time consuming part of writing the code and testing the code, and well, maybe not so much testing, but but at least writing the tests for the code and delegates it to to the machine. And and it's and, if, and, and since it's infrastructure, it. yeah, you have you have to exercise. It's interesting because one of the things
0: that Gartner said that really resonated to me was they talked about product managing the platform team and your comment about writing the specs and understanding what you're building is, is I think aligned with that message It's there. What they're saying is they're like, look, you, so far we have built, you've built a (laughs) platform. All of our customers have platforms. Um, Whether they want to admit it or not, they all have had to solve this problem. So either they have people doing the, the, the plumbing or they've cobbled together scripts to initiate this work, or they're taking a dev-centric tool and then they're fighting through it. Um, the Jenkins example is a great example, right? The ton of ton of teams have Jenkins trying to do operations work, and they're they're not particularly excited about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or they, they, they try the, the SaaS <laughs> route, with, which takes some eighty percent there. But but once you, you you're once you get to a point where you need to do something more complex. Or you have stricter requirements. That's what really kind of far, you, falls short,
0: or, right? Or you, or you just need it to repeat, or something changes, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, wait a second, I've, you know, I've got a role, You know, um, this API changed, and now I've got to deal with migrating it, or um, a new team shows up with a new requirement, and you're trying to fit it back into the old stuff, right? That's product management. Yeah, right.
1: and, and, um, and you that's also what, need that's to what the lifecycle of the infrastructure.
2: Uh, oh, the you, infrastructure you,
1: you, management control yeah. plan. But, well, that's right, you you, you can't All just arbitrarily upgrade a a, a VM. Um, like no, the, the, there's maintenance windows. Um, there there you need to check compatibilities. Um, there, there's a whole slew of, of issues. And, and, and again, like in many cases, you shouldn't be upgrading. You, you should be treating as as a, a cattle and, and replacing it with one that that is already upgraded and just plugging the data, but. But yeah, it again, it, it's it's a whole set of responsibilities and, and, and tasks that that have just been hanging around in like in, in, in a fog between Dev and and, and, and SRE and 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 the sysadmins and, the and no, no, nobody or, or very few people have been willing to take responsibility for it and and, the, and it's understandable like it. it like if something goes wrong there, it's it's a hard thing to um That's to work out. Like particularly when, when when you're dealing with with stateful workloads. Um, but I, I I do firmly believe. And on, 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 I mean on a, it, it. It honestly might just be that that I am a, an extreme optimist in this. But but I do honestly believe that we are at the turning point where we can start. Uh, consider delegating this to, to machine decisions. Uh, it it won't be perfect. And on and, and, and it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough to 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 be equivalent to a human. Um, I mean, but
0: but can this become this matters to Martez and I a lot. <laughs> can this become a product? Is this something like what you're describing are things that we do we reckon yeah uh, because it's val- like we can do it once and and it's done and that that to me is, is a product if you've got and we i watch you know our, our you know our the industry and our customers sort of struggle with this it's like well they're writing all this operational stuff and then they own the, all these processes that you're describing they're testing you know, they're, they're routinely testing stuff that they wrote that's bespoke. This is a challenge with ops today, right? You write something bespoke and it, you know, it has a half-life because the systems around it break.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I definitely see a market for it there. Uh, uh, and, and and yes, it, it, it's 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 what I do on, on, on a regular basis. Like, like I, what, what, what I've done for 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 various employers now is, is again, like take the specs of okay, this is how the, the the application that the developers need is deployed and and, and then um, that's just ten percent of, of, of what what I do. The rest of, of it, like the 90 percent is making sure that 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 uh, that, that, that essentially like entropy do, doesn't break the application, like the, the, the environment changes, like the things, things around the application break. And, and, trippy and, is, and this, this
0: to me is one of the interesting reasons to go back and embrace platform teams. Sorry, my internet goes drops sometimes. I don't know how bad it is on your side. I'm, I'm ping tracing it. And I can definitely see the, um, my wifi giving up. The, the, the
1: there are occasional gaps and when you're talking okay. about, but it's not, uh, not if I that. if
0: I notice them, I slow down. <laughs> um, but but what what we're describing to me is this idea of you know the ops team owns that drift that entropy. The dev team doesn't want to own it. The dev team wants to do their work, click a button, and submit their code. And and that's it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good recognition that, hey, we're building platform teams because there's so much entropy in our infrastructure that without the platform teams available, our dev teams are are only fighting entropy. Actually, and that's maybe this is the right way to see it, right? You don't want your dev. Enterprises don't want their dev teams fighting entropy all the time, ops infrastructure entropy. I love that. Mm -hmm. Right? So it makes sense to give it to a team that no, understands that, but, but that team is only going to be successful to the extent that they can standardize. Because you yeah. can't, you, oh, the ops team doesn't want to be adding their own entropy. That's what. I, that's the difference. Ops teams are, are entropy avoidant, but in different ways than
1: dev teams. Yeah, and SRE I like that. doesn't want to deal with entropy either. Like they, they they shouldn't mm. care about the, the small changes that happen on a, on a day to day basis. They, they 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 don't care about version updates. What they do care about is looking at the system from a black box perspective, and like when it affects the customer. So and but the entropy is internal. So as long as the as the customer is not affected, and as long as the system recovers. It doesn't touch SRE. If the system cannot recover, or it, it, or if the change, or if the entropy, or 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 the the decay, or whatever you want to call it, like it, it once it's once it becomes invisible from the from the outside, then it, it then does the SRE responsibility. Uh, um uh, and I I wouldn't expect the platform team to replace SRE. Because it's a whole different set of responsibilities as well. Like the the platform team is preventative maintenance. SRE is, uh, is reactive. Um, and, and they both have their, their their value in, in the system. Martinez, you,
0: you've been yeah, this quiet. Is, mm-hmm. No, it, I I like, or Martez, do you have thoughts?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, a bit, so thinking a lot of things. Um, so, I, I know one of the things that I've done and, and thought about, even over the last several years, in regards to similar things, is testing and, and test automation is, I think, the biggest challenge I've seen from an operations standpoint as it relates to uh, updates and upgrades and all the things that that come along with many of the, the, the concepts and constructs, whether it be, it's often talked about pets versus cattle. Every workload from an operational standpoint cannot be cattle at this point. So like one of the biggest headaches from an operation standpoint that I dealt with, certainly it could be SAS at this point now was things like active directory or file servers, <laughs> those things, those things I can't just blow away and, and stand back up. But if we're starting to, to leverage similar capabilities from an, an AI or ML perspective to be able to do some of that testing and validation, like I think the last patch Tuesday, I think there was an update for domain controllers that broke domain controllers. It's, it's things yeah. like that is oh, wow. how do we how do we leverage some of the, the inherent technology that's starting to be developed now and taking a hold to address some of those things. So where the operations folks can move faster to start to have us align in this better place with some of the things that are being done on the, the, the more development centric side. Mm hmm. And even from a, a security standpoint as relates to patches and upgrades, I, I, I always see like the people's armchair quarterbacking after there's been a breach of like, Oh, well, why wouldn't you patch that server? That, that, that patch has been out for two years or whatever it might be. And it's always like, it doesn't always work out like how we would, we would hope in environments.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, uh, Unpatching for two years is, is a little bit long, but uh, uh, zero days is, is definitely uh, something where where there's a uh, a very definite gray zone because on the one hand, you, you, there's the patch early, patch often, fix the problem as soon as it comes out um, mentality. On, on the other hand, well, there there is. There's regulations. Like if if you're working in, in a regulated domain, uh, whether that that's HIPAA or uh, or or DoD or or or, or whatever equivalent in, in other countries, mm-hmm. um, you have to meet standards. You you cannot just take the latest container that that a vendor published and uninstalled. Mm-hmm. it. It needs to be scanned. And in some cases, you. Like certain, in some cases, other patches need to be added, uh, or or it needs to be recompiled. Like in, in like, let's say you, you need to need to add FIPS, uh compliance yeah. libraries yeah. or whatnot. Um, so there there is still a significant lead time in in taking third party software and, and, and updating it. And um, yeah, and that is the that is the the gray zone where where again like you want to upgrade as soon as you can but you can't. Yeah,
2: and I know one of the things I've I've been seeing associated mm-hmm. with that is how robust is your testing. It's certainly one of the the always concerns from an operational standpoint is well if I can if I leave it alone and it's not broken. <laughs> That's good enough for the moment because I don't want to have to put out a fire that I created due to an upgrade or a patch, and and now have to to go through that whole process and stuff. So we can help augment that process uh, along with others. I think that continues to move us in the a good direction.
1: Yeah, I I I think a lot of people forget that the uh, the the phrase like if it ain't broke, don't fix it uh, applies to features. <laughs> not, not to uh, not, not to the ops.
0: <laughs> not the, now you're back to the entropy statement, right? Mm-hmm. But this is this to me is exactly why you need platform opera, You know, and that's what DevOps is about. It's it's literally saying we can't ignore these imperatives, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's part of the You know, it's part of the company's infrastructure and operations team is to is to help that. And that's why platform. I th- this is why I think platform engineering is really important because we've we've gone a long way, and you know, of of ignoring with ignoring all these th- concerns y'all are talking about, and none of that. Most of what y'all just described isn't something a developer would even worry about.
1: Yeah, right. And, and, and to be to, to to be clear, like a lot of the problems that that platform engineering is going to face over, over the next couple of years. Don't currently have a clear solution. Like 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 you pointed out, like for 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 any kind of stateful workload, the 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 way to test it is is not clear set. Like you can't just take a copy of the database and run your tests uh, against it because mm-hmm. there there's data protection rules. Uh, because yep. there there's practicality problems like if your database is several terabytes you cannot just copy it um so then it lives
2: around and and that's for me starting to be one of the things i'm seeing with kubernetes clusters especially those that take upwards of 45 minutes to an hour to stand up those in my opinion to, to some degree are starting to become like pet's Obviously, there's some of the mechanisms in place to help it do a better job of reconciliation with GitOps and that configuration. But I think we're going to find ourselves in a place where a lot of people are just standing them up like pets. And if something were to happen to the cluster, people would be out of luck.
0: Sure, that's I, This is the thing that people miss with infrastructure is you can't testing infrastructure in the, in the world we're in today. There's no simulation. You're building it. Right. You're it, you're inst- you're doing the installs and you're tearing it down. That, that That's a test. <laughs> there is no there is no. Oh, I'm going to test the Amazon APIs. My Terraform plug in with the Amazon APIs against the, the simulator, an the Amazon simulator and see what happens. It, n- never. I mean, that's, we're not even close to
1: that. Yeah, we, we're we're kind of moving in that direction. And like, for example, the cluster API where we can create clusters inside a cluster, like virtual clusters, like I guess you could call it. Um, but that's but a, it's still fidelity. It, yeah, yeah, the, a, I, yeah. The, like I said, fidelity is is a problem because you you get the the core functionality of the cluster in in there. But if you say if you run it, say like example on 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 Google Cloud, there is a whole bunch of integrations happening behind the curtain there in in, in the in the in the main cluster. That you don't get replicated in inside your, your test cluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like workload identity. Uh, Amazon actually is a little bit better in, the, in that sense but because their ATS their, their approach is very hands-off. Like it, it, it's 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 a very very standard cluster, uh, and you and any addition or any integration that you do is actually installed in it. Um, Azure is kind of a middle ground on that, at least in my experience. Uh, and I don't even know how Oracle or, or any of the other smaller Kubernetes providers do this. Uh but yeah there, there's there's still uh very very big gaps uh in on in, in the testing side and and we, we've mentioned this also in the past even like for for example for CICD pipelines it's it's hard to to do an update to to your to your integration pipelines and, and verify that there's no regressions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's something that 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 will continue to be uh, a hard to solve problem.
0: Not gonna be short of any work for the next 20 years. That's my takeaway oh i i'd love to dig this up in 20 years and think through what we thought were going to be the problems they're not that different than what they were 20 years ago unfortunately i
1: mean i i would love to do to be proved wrong and then and, and in the five years from now everything is working nice and peachy like even if it means that i'm out of a job it like it it, it just means that the world becomes so much more reliable mm-hmm. we're not moving towards that type of a conversions uh, yeah, uh, well, with the, with the current climate, uh, it, it looks like we're we're diverging. I, I, we
0: we need we need to do a session on CXL and bring in somebody who's excited and wants to talk about CXL. Um, but that's still not at the API level; it's at the infrastructure layer. Uh, hmm. All right, we are over time, so I need to I need to close this up and save. next week is um, predictions. So. We'll talk about predictions for 2023. See, you'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll pick up on this thread for uh, <laughs> so right. that. Cool. Talk to you all soon. Thanks. All right. Cheers. A good man. conversation. Great conversation. <laughs> wow. What a robust conversation around something as simple and organic as platform engineering. This is going to be a topic that we spend a lot of time talking about in this coming year. And we would love to hear your point of view, what you're doing. Are you on a platform team trying to figure things out? Are you a vendor trying to figure out how to position in this changing DevOps marketplace? Whatever it is, we want to hear from you. Please join us at the2030.cloud, be part of our roundtables, and share your insights with us. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly. Or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of
1: building a better
0: infrastructure operations community.
1: Thank you.